I have something dark to say, Chandler, to start off this episode. Instead of well, 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 something well, darker than that. So we started off our Patreon episode with a different salutation. Greetings. And something, it was something other than well, well, well. And Kagan goes, oh, I'm glad you dropped the well, well, well. <gasps> I thought that was stupid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can you believe it? What you're saying is that your betrothed isn't supportive of your creative genius, your talent. No, I'm, I'm trying to say he wants to wreck my dreams. But that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Also, he tells people about our Patreon at any chance he gets and I think it's because he is literally so stunned people want to hear me talk which most of the times he most of the time he wishes I would stop talking <laughs> what is he's like he stops people on the street and tries to peddle it no it's just like we'll be at dinner and be like you guys aren't gonna believe this <laughs> you know how she was just telling a story we all hope to wrap up soon there's an entire group of people online that are literally paying to hear those sounds come out of her mouth literally spending money every month to hear these stories these long ass stories baffling yeah he's ba- so baffled he's crowdsourcing like other amazement whenever we're at any sort of meal <laughs> oh my or engagement. that's so funny i know well i love that that honestly like i'm just you know i would say kagan is more supportive than like a david bedore mm-hmm. but he's not quite a john johansson a john jansen john, john jansen Excuse sorry you. sorry he's, he's somewhere he- in between Kagan is very, and I was going to talk about this in our Orange County recap on Patreon, Mm -hmm. but Kagan is very similar to Sean in so much that they're both really, really good guys. Like, they really care. They really love their partners. Right. There's this part of them that is, like, ready for the the other person to stop talking. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like whenever Bronwyn is talking like about how she feels and she's really going I know. through right now, he's always like, okay, okay, I got it. I you got can it. see I the light like flickering in his eyes. Like he's like, all right, just keep the focus. <laughs> Maintain <laughs> eye contact. Totally. And he always cuts her off and is like, cut, and cuts the conversation down. Do you mm-hmm, notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually have a lot to say about Sean, but we'll save that for the Patreon. Okay. We'll save um, that for the Patreon. Well, we're coming to you live the day after Halloween. I'm very tired from yesterday's activities. I don't know about you, Mm -hmm. Lauren. How are you feeling? Um, Thank you for asking. I did not celebrate Halloween whatsoever. Really? You didn't do anything? You didn't do anything at all? I did. We can get into it, but yes, I did nothing. Did you go out to dinner or anything? No. Wow. Okay. Well... (laughs) That's really boring. I don't really know how know. to like how to riff on that, but okay, cool. <laughs> I can let me ex- let me explain. I had a ton, a ton, a ton of work to do okay. this weekend. I right. ran into some major hiccups with my current work, mm-hmm. and anyway, those those caused me to have a lot to do this weekend, and I just don't care about Halloween at all. Right, I don't care about it either. There, I would say that there are two types of people, people that are obsessed and people that don't care. Mm-hmm. And it really, there is very little in the middle, in my opinion. And, and when you tell, when you look in someone in the face who is a Halloween lover, mm-hmm. because I'm sure half of our listeners right our now. Our mom are is like, a Halloween lover. Our mom is a Halloween lover. My friend Nelly is a Halloween lover. Saucy Schroeder, obviously, not a friend I wish, is a Halloween lover. Um, yeah. When you look someone like that in the face and tell them that you're just not that into Halloween, it's not your thing, they are visibly offended. It's not okay to say. It's honestly, you kind of get canceled. 
You do. You do. It's a holiday discrimination. It, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I feel like I was pressured into doing something this year. And I'm glad I did. But I don't care about Halloween at all. I don't look forward to, you know, planning my costume. I don't like get it. I don't have a costume in mind by March. In fact, <laughs> here's my take on it. I have to be, okay, this is going to sound uh, snooty and annoying, but bear with me. I have to be witty and clever every single day at my job, okay? And so, in my opinion, Halloween is like an opportunity for everyone else to be witty once a year and clever. And I'm exhausted from my job. I don't want to have to try and think of something else crazy and fun on October 31st. I'm sorry. You're exhausted by how witty you already are all the time. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Okay. 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 Uh-huh. I'm just, I just feel like Halloween is, is, a, is a chance for everyone else to like flex on that. And I'm happy for those people. I'm just saying I don't need to prove that I'm smart or witty on Halloween like some people do. Like with their very unique costumes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're super playful. Like you have to explain it a million times and blah. Extremely niche costumes. Mm-hmm. It's like we dressed up as Britney Spears in this one photo from a 1999 Tiger Bee I mean, magazine. Even that's more acceptable. It's like people who go as like puns. I don't know yeah, why I, I'm deciding. I don't know why I'm deciding to be so negative about this. And this is maybe even a hotter take than it sounded in my head. But whatever. I stand by it. If you love Halloween, just please fast forward. Please don't unsubscribe. But Chandler and I are just so – we don't want to spend the money. Oh, yeah. I don't want to spend the money on well, the costume. Why would I spend money on something I'm only going to wear once a year? I, I don't get that at all. We don't care about candy. I do care. actually care about candy. Really? Yeah, I love candy. I mean, I like candy, but I don't really want to eat a bunch of it. I mean, I also – I don't get candy as like an adult – that's the thing is as a kid and this is so basic to say everyone knows this but as a kid you can never have candy so on halloween you could just gorge yourself on candy right it's, it's a thrill but now i can walk into any 7-eleven nationwide oh i could and buy swipe my card I want. yeah like i'm swimming in it it candy takes wise. out a little C- bit of can- the excitement yeah i've got all the candy privileges i want right now and uh-huh. so that's why halloween doesn't have as much draw also another aspect is i want to be comfortable when i'm dressed up totally. on Halloween and totally. I swear I have never had a costume that I felt super hot in and also been comfortable in fact this year I even and I like to look, look hot on Halloween I'm not some chick who's I'm not gonna slut shame anyone because I actually prefer to dress like pretty sexy on Halloween because yeah I want to whatever and I actually googled uh slutty but super comfortable Halloween costumes nice so on my great. work computer no less <laughs> See, the, oh, wow, wow, classy. I hope Zuck isn't watching, looking at your safari history. <laughs> so this year, you were swindled into going out with friends. Yeah, there were just plans from the get-go. And I, of course, don't want to be left out or, like, behind. But, like, nobody was down to just have a regular day and then skip out on the holiday. Nobody, No one else was down to opt out of Halloween with me, is what I'm trying right. to say. So okay, so what did I was you, so you sent you sent me a photo mm-hmm. of yourself mm-hmm. and you were in a highly stiff pair of denims, yeah, a cut cut off or uh, a midriff shirt. Mm-hmm. What are they those called? Crop a crop top? a crop top. Yep. You were wearing a crop top which exposed your midriff, which with a fake tattoo. Uh-huh. Uh, the crop top had Tim and Faith on it. Yep, and then you had a Dolly Parton album. 
I had a magazine, you? Dolly Parton a magazine. magazine. So my, my costume has had several evolutions. It started off as just a country music fan because I had okay. this iconic Tim McGraw and Faith Hill shirt that my dear friend Wilson gave me that I adore. And I wear this shirt like once a week anyway. So I didn't have to buy anything for my costume. So basically, I I started off as a country music fan. And then I, uh, you know, due to, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, we can cut this out, but I also had a, by the time Saturday rolled around, I had a hickey on my neck. Oh, really? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not proud of it, but I'm just going to own my truth. And that was my truth for Halloween. So I just decided to lean into the white trash theme. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I got some fake tattoos. So then I just became a white trash cowgirl situation. Okay. Look white of, trash country music gal. Yeah. Even though I love country music, like I, I just leaned into the white trash aspect that can sometimes be found within country music. So as a coastal elite Mm -hmm. did you feel like you were appropriating potentially like midwestern or middle america culture well as someone who listens to country music on like a weekly basis i feel like i'm i don't feel like i'm appropriating because that is something that does truly resonate with me it's not something that i just do out like in an outward facing way to look chan doesn't even matter if you were appropriating because those people don't care about appropriation (laughs) okay it's true those people don't believe in it they're Trump supporters and don't care about that nonsense. Exactly. What, so I think we're good here. I think I'm in the clear. I think so, too. I think I'm still not getting canceled. Um, Kagan went to a party. Uh, our friends did drunk dodgeball. Oh, nice. Yeah. Or Sounds like ball. my worst nightmare. Having to like, play sports. Inebriated. Yeah, it was sports with tons of drinking and then, like, just, you know, debauchery uh, hardcore party yeah and i just had so much work to do and i also just was not in a state of mind where that sounded appealing it doesn't sound appealing in any state of mind (laughs) even though i'm obsessed with this particular group of friends and just adore all of them i just stayed home and worked virtually all day i fully support that um okay halloween you and i both have mixed emotions about it most of them being negative so yeah ambivalent. yeah i think next year i might just fully opt out it it was so stunningly liberating, Chandler, because I didn't have to drive to Party City, shop for costumes mm-hmm. with Dale on the front of them. And la- I mean, two years ago when Kay and I were first dating, our first Halloween together, we realized the day before Halloween that it was Halloween the next day. And we had a party that we wanted to go or that we were invited to. And we went to Party City and bought peanut butter and jelly costumes and just they're like these things that you just throw over your clothes and just went to the party. But you don't feel cute in that. Like that's the problem. Is that there's I no, ju- you cute? I I do think that I just don't care about feeling cute as much as maybe I did. Five but years you ago and you had just started dating Kagan and you didn't care about feeling cute. No, that's, this is I concerning. Didn't. This means I, you were well, in actually a really meaningful like relationship <laughs> or you felt secure and loved. This is shocking. I mean, I. I look cute all the time in my normal life. So I don't really care if I look cute on Halloween. I would just rather be comfortable. I suppose. I guess that makes sense. If I want to look, if I want to be slutty, I'll just wear a bikini to the beach. Like, I don't need to dress up as a kitten and put on high heels. Heaven knows you'll wear a bikini to the beach. No problems there. That's that's true. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Yes, it was was a stunning and liberating experience, Joan. I'm so happy for you. How so was Kagan's I wish, birthday I wish it for you? Oh, that's funny. Kagan's birthday was really great. He is the opposite of me, super low key about birthdays and doesn't care. He didn't cry once. 
No, what? he did not. He did not weep. He did not think that it wasn't special enough or thoughtful <laughs> enough. Did you get but, him something mediocre? <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what I got him. So what I did was, Kagan mentioned that he wants to get an Xbox because all his friends play, and he wants an Xbox so that he can stay connected to his friends when we move to Puerto Rico. It kind of sounds like he's your like fourteen-year-old son. Like with the setup. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, absolutely. Yeah. So he told me this and I said, Do your homework. We'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about video games later. Maybe if he gets straight A's this year. Okay. And at first I was like, uh, no, you're not getting an Xbox. I'm not gonna be dating or marrying a man, oh an adult gosh. man who plays video games. Absolutely I not. I love this like hill that we've like created for ourselves that like absolutely not I can't I will never be with a guy who plays video games when it's actually just like a very normal thing and we have if that's not if that's nonsense and like what is our podcast well, what, what is my hours spent on Instagram like right. what so anyway and he was like so sweet about it and he literally was like okay you can't get one <laughs> video games aren't for me so um <laughs> So such a nice teenager. You got got so lucky with him. Honestly, I have the best son. I don't, I can't tell. Like, I can't tell if he resembles me or his father more. He's just so wonderful. But anyway, in his behavior. Anyway, so I wanted to get him an Xbox as a surprise because I had this realization that was like, wait, I spent seven hours a day scrolling my phone. If he wants to spend two hours a day, three hours playing video games, like who cares? And even more if he gets his homework done on time. Exactly. Especially if it'll motivate him maybe to learn about computers. Um, so so what I did, though, was I did – I went to TJ Maxx and I got a, a little travel size suitcase. I guess all suitcases are travel size. Yeah, but it's- I, uh, <laughs> it's, it, I got a, a carry-on okay. bag for sure. Okay. And I was like, I, this is going to be so genius. So then I went to Target. I got the Xbox. I put it inside the carry-on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I got like a big – bag and I wrapped it and then I brought it home and I was like here's your present and so he opens it and it's just this like carry-on suitcase from TJ Maxx yeah that looks very much like a basic <laughs> black carry-on suitcase okay uh, and he was like this is so great and I was like yeah for all our adventures that we're about to go on together like we're going to be doing so much traveling because we're moving does he not and have he a carry-on was- already no, he doesn't actually. He always brings like these back big backpacks. So it, he actually does need this. Yeah. And if he had bought me a travel or a carry-on bag for my birthday, <laughs> unless it was like some super cute, like cool one, like an away bag with my initials engraved and it had like mm-hmm. cool capabilities, I would have been very not happy. You would have <laughs> wept, right? Because like, I'm a birthday been, princess. Like... Yeah. Right. That's, yeah, it, you would have wept. I don't want a tool. I don't want a utility for my birthday. I want something like meaningful and sweet and that you can't get on Amazon Prime. So anyway, mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, it's I'm, I was like, yeah, it's for all our travels. And he was like, this is so great. Thank you so much. I was like, yeah, like, check it out. Like, let's look at the pockets. Like, <laughs> Zip it or open that zipper up. Open let's this baby up. Girl. I was like, yeah, yeah so let's check it out. I, I think it's like a really cute, cool one. And so he like opens it up. <laughs> I think it's a really cool one. <laughs> I think TJ Maxx has like premier carry-on size bags these days. It's a really cool one. (laughs) Totally. So then he opens it up and the Xbox is underneath the part that's zipped up. Okay. So it still just looks like a bag. And he literally, Chandler, is like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) This is so cool. Like, this is really great. 
got some sort of lining and then it's got these straps <laughs> that like button everything up at the top. Oh my gosh. It's got two deep pockets and then a mesh pocket. Hold like, on. Whoa. Did this come with a lock? What? <laughs> He was like fully like pretending to geek out and be impressed by like the very standard carry-on bag, '90s technology carry-on bag. And I was like, "Let's keep looking." So then he like undoes a zipper and he finds the Xbox and he's like, "Oh my gosh!" She was like, "He was so excited. Oh, he was super cute. excited." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I can't. Can't. I, that was really good faking that you were excited Honestly. about this." Like, Try this compact travel bag like what and he was like no i did i think it's cool like i need oh one of these this is, great. this is a great this is a great gift and he was like i can't believe i my xbox but i thought this was great too like he was totally sincere Ugh. so that's what happens when you raise normal children with normal expectations out I of know. their birthday they become like sane healthy appreciative right. kind adults Ugh. unlike us if i had been presented with a travel bag and I would have pretended to have liked to like it mm-hmm. for a solid 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. And if I had stumbled upon the Xbox version of what I wanted, a piece of jewelry or something, I would have, I would have been like, I was about to murder you <laughs> for this. For this. I cannot believe gift. you would play this type of joke on me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go that far. I definitely would think the joke was funny. But, <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't believe that he was like surprised that it was a trick. Because he was like, this is a cool present, too. What? So. These zippers are crazy. It's like, this is really great. Like, three pockets. It's so sweet. It's really so sweet. So fun. Good guy. So it was, yeah, it was a great birthday. Excellent birthday. And here we are. And I have a 29-year-old fiance. Wow. So Congratulations. Yeah. There it is. On your son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Your fiancé son. We're just really hoping that this doesn't take away from his SAT prep. Right, right. Because he's got to take those next year. Well, that came out of his birthday money. And if he doesn't, I told him, better get on that rowing machine Mm -hmm. and let's fake a rowing career Mm -hmm. because if your Xbox costs me your admittance into Yale, I will commit a felony to get you there. (laughs) Would you actually? Without question. How are you ever, do you ever think about that? Like your own kids getting into college what lengths will you go to will you go to any lengths well I don't care about college personally okay because I don't think it was particularly useful I don't think (laughs) (laughs) what I don't think it's particularly useful like maybe it's not useful for everybody but I think college is useful I don't. I think that it's super overpriced and it's basically a scheme. Wow. And I think that as someone who think, graduated with a college degree. Yeah, and wasted like five years getting. I think a it really depends. Yeah, it really does depend on what you go to college for. I don't I think, think it's that- necessarily for everyone. Our system is totally messed up, and what we should actually have is education that's completely democratized, and you can get an education like anyone else can, and I think that we should offer training to everyone that's of Mm -hmm. equal quality. Yeah. But I think that going and paying exorbitant amounts of money to basically party for four years and do the bare minimum, it's just – it's a waste. And yes, if you're going to be a a neurologist – Please go to college. college is the path I want you on. <laughs> but nothing I'm doing right now that drives any value for me economically in my life has anything to do with my college education. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, I obviously had the portfolio building side of, of college that did help yeah. me get my job. But as far as, like, the core curriculum of college, like, I didn't learn shit. 
Exactly. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you what everything you need to know, I don't know what will. Sorry, Mom. I didn't learn anything. Like, truly, like, there was nothing in those classes that I gleaned that I was like, this is going to be so useful in my career. Right. College is really, it's a lot of just network and prestige building. It's, it's and it has totally very little that. to do with learning. Yeah. And I learned so much more, or not so much more, but like everything I'm doing now, I learned working in business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I guess if my kid, like for my kids, all I care about is that they're ambitious mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that they want to produce something of value and contribute to the world. And whether college is the is a path to that or not, I don't care about. Okay. So anyway, moving forward, I just want to say very briefly, I would just like to touch on Nexium very briefly. Yeah. I think that we've hit peak Nexium on this podcast. And my feeling is that people have Nexium fatigue. Yeah. So I would agree. I want to uh, issue a promise to our listeners, which is that I will only bring up Keith Raniere and Nexium in brief moments and to tell you something that's truly juicy. And so I have been listening to India's uh, memoir. Oh, okay. Audible. Uh-huh. And I found out a few juicy things. One, I was interested to know how she basically floated around being a sex slave uh-huh. and didn't have to in any way like pay for her life. Right. And figure that out. And I was wondering, you know, did she have some sort of like allotment from her mom for like responding to her texts or like how, how did she swing this? Because ultimately, uh-huh. like you got to also make money. Right. So turns out from her memoir her grandfather gave her a hundred thousand dollar trust for college and she spent all of that on On nexium courses what and then she also got 80 grand into debt thereafter she was not on the dole from her parents which surprised me wow so that was really interesting and then she also talks about relations with keith and what she says is that it actually didn't involve um I, I mean, I'm I'm trying to keep this podcast like not raunchy, but it didn't involve um, sex. Yeah, it didn't involve inter. <laughs> I don't know why I get like skittish about certain. Things. You said relations, and I'm like, oh, so we're talking about sex. <laughs> I don't know why I get skittish. I think I should imagine mom listening. Um, but she said it didn't involve intercourse, but it Just involved. Just say sex. Intercourse sounds way weirder. Okay, okay. It didn't involve sex. <laughs> But it involved Keith visiting her re- nether regions. Oh You're making this even worse. So basically, Keith did stuff to her. She didn't do anything with Keith together. Right. She said in a very gentle way. And he would also like gently stroke her body with his like fingers. With his hair. <laughs> with his chest hair. With his ponytail. Which- which I thought was actually quite surprising and interesting. I thought you were going to say tender, which I actually thought was quite tender. <laughs> no, she like basically says it was wow. strangely tender, but she didn't enjoy it and it felt weird the whole time. Right. So that was surprising. And then I'll also say, if you're interested, if you are like me and like to know all the dark things about a cult and want to know every detail and maybe you'll wish you hadn't figured it all out or learned it all look up camilla camilla is the actual reason that keith ranieri is being locked away for so long and she's his truest victim oh okay okay is she even in the hbo no she's not they don't even talk about her but what he did to her was is unfathomable and really? it's the only actual real crime because you have to consider like yeah yes these women got brands but get, you know allowing someone to brand you that's not illegal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's basically the same thing as a tattoo 
it's not the same thing, but it's, you know, it, for the purposes of the law, it's the same thing. And everything that these adults did of their own free will, yeah, while they were mentally coerced by Keith, it's actually not illegal to be manipulative. Right, right. So there really wasn't a case Well, I think that was Keith. why it was so hard to, like, arrest him in the first place. Exactly. Because he wasn't, in theory, doing anything actually illegal, mm-hmm. except when it comes to Camilla. And Camilla's story is truly harrowing. She issued, like, a full statement on everything he did to her. And she uh, does. She was, like, the star witness. And she actually came to court in person at his sentencing and spoke to him directly. And it is Ugh. extremely chilling. So, oh anyway, God. I won't get reveal the details here. I will just say, research Camilla. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll tell you one other super interesting thing that I learned. What? Okay. So apparently, India believes that Nancy Salzman was hooking up with Keith at the beginning of their relationship. Of her and Keith's? uh, Of India? Like when Nancy met Keith, they had some sort of dalliance. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And she says that Nancy also knew about Keith's, all of his transgressions and everything he was doing and was just such a power tripper that she just looked the other way. I mean, so I'm I sure. You thought she was in the dark? I did. I thought she was in the dark. No, no, no way. They all know. Really? I think all the women knew about everything all the time. And they were oh, either under his spell or turned the other yeah, Fascinating. Turned the other way. Okay. Okay, well, this is the one more thing. India found out about India. Like, the only reason India left is because literally she took one day off from being Allison's, like, full-time slave. Uh-huh. And she took a couple hours off and went to a cafe like, yeah. in Albany. And she got a text from Allison that said, don't come back because the FBI had gotten there and were arresting her. No way. Isn't that interesting? Wait, that's insane. Yeah. I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. So wow. I learned this on this- Andy Cohen Live. Oh, was she on it? He interviewed her and... Oh, she's really doing the press circuit. I love it. Good for yeah, her. Yeah, she's promoting Seduced in Good. her audiobook. Good for her. Good for her. Get it, girl. Also, Dessert. there's a lot of drama about Kendall Jenner's birthday party and Chris Ke- Jenner went on Andy Cohen Live this Oh, morning. yeah. What did she say? She... So I think she literally went on... Because to- of it? clear the air although she made it she made it seem supernatural and organic but anyway she said that everyone was tested before they came in yeah i don't know whatever it's like celebrities are gonna do what they're gonna do it's just like don't post about it the problem is the posting they're just idiots it's like have your birthday post pictures later on don't post it in real time I do think it's super interesting that in this time where there is so much pain and suffering that celebrities like they really not flaunt their exactly. wealth. Exactly. It's literally impossible for them to not post it. It's like crazy. Kim couldn't just let having a week with right. all her friends on a private island be enough. She had to flaunt the hot photos and that's on the, Instagram. The other thing is that like all these celebrities have Finstas, okay? Like they all have are like yeah, like fake Instagrams that they just keep for themselves and they're like exactly. close friends. Why aren't they just posting it on their Finsta? If you gotta post it, you gotta post it. But why can't you just keep it to that? Like you just invite the hate. And I also think it just speaks to how tone deaf they are. It's just the egos are out of yeah. control. Yeah. So. Anyway, well, I'll get off my soapbox. We'll get back on it next week. Well, moving on from Nexium, Chandler, Emirata. Yes. She is with child. She's with child. She's pregnant. She, she, she is. Is that, is that a, a pun I'm, I'm missing? Oh, here? it's a joke. It's Have you ever seen those like funny Google searches? It's like what to do if my girlfriend is pergonaut or like they always spell pregnant wrong. Pergonaut. Oh, no, I haven't my, seen it's that. like Yeah, anyways, it's a 
It's a joke on the internet, on the interwebs. Well, Emrata. What are your thoughts? I hate Emrata. Yeah. And I use that word hate strongly because it's a strong word. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hate Emrata. I just do. I, I hate her. I think she's vile. I think vile. she's insipid. I think wow. she is bad for women. Yeah, I, think I agree. That... I agree to that. I don't know if she, I think she's vile, but I, she's certainly not good for me. Okay, so she announced her pregnancy, and I knew we want to talk about it on the pod, or we should talk mm-hmm. about it. And then yeah. I was thinking, why does Emrata bug me? Yeah. Like, why does she bug me? Because right, and and then I thought, okay, well, it's got to be because she's hot and rich, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just I got to be just jealous. But then I thought, well, what about Gigi Hadid? What about Bella Hadid? What about Dalton Cruz? All these models on Instagram that don't bug me at all. Yeah. And so I thought, no, there's something I need to plumb the depths of my psyche and yeah. uncover whatever neurological wirings are creating this, you know, pathway something's of mis- hatred. Something's misfiring. I did a little bit of inner psych- psychological work. I started thinking about it. Why does she bug me? And I'm going to tell you why she bugs me, Chandler. Why? Okay. She bugs me because virtually all of her content is her posting photos of her body. And yeah. her body that is basically, if the patriarchy could create a body, that's her body. It's like it's like real a, thin with huge literally. boobs. Yeah. Not good for and, women. It's, nobody a, has this body. Nobody has this body. And that mm-hmm. in and of itself is not worthy of hate, in my opinion. Because right. in this like Instagram moment, I think it would be hard to resist that. But Emrata, for me, the reason why she's so incredibly irritating and odious is because all of that is then wrapped in this veneer of empowerment. It's narcissism cloaked in empowerment. Right, as feminism. As feminism. And I feel like she pushes this agenda that she's this really smart, thoughtful, political person. And my feeling is that if you're really that smart and thoughtful, then you would realize that the content you create and what you put into the universe is actually like probably really harmful for a lot of women and not actually a good thing. And... That to me is where there's a disconnect. And so I I don't, yeah, like in the sense that she posts a lot of sexy photos of herself and that's bad for women. I feel like we've hit peak narcissism in our society where we're just supposed to accept or think that it's normal to post photos of yourself like that ad nauseum day after day, multiple Mm -hmm. photos. And I just actually like want to resist that for a second and say, is that normal? Is that like a good thing to be promoting? Yeah. Should we be leaning into our like own narcissism and the way that like social media can further it? Yeah. there And and like, I'm, I love Kim Kardashian. I love that Kim Kardashian is also like a warrior in the name of social justice reform or criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. And I embrace that duality. But I think with Emrata, the reason why there's a difference there is because Emrata is like very much capitalizing off of her her Western ideal body, whereas like Kim Kardashian basically recreated what could be beautiful. Like she actually well has such a different body type. Totally. And when I she mean, hit the scene, her body type was not in favor. I think I, I don't want to skinny shame, but I think there's a degree of this that's like Emrata has literally has a body that doesn't exist. Exactly. Like she doesn't it's ha- not like, even like you can't even say even, 90 right. It's not even like a curvy body. It just straight up does not exist. 
it's like an av- it's the body of an avatar and in a video game. There's something especially gross, and I don't want to get too dark with it, but there's something about her body especially that feels like it's been literally tweaked until like almost like the stretch filter has been applied to it. Right. Like in real t- in real life. And like that to me feels like very gross and not natural at all. Yeah, I don't know whether she naturally I- I'm gonna guess that she's not she's not naturally that way. And you know what I've I've had one thing done. Like I'm not against getting a few right, things I mean, done I, if you want to. I have got a nose job. Yeah. We're in our family, we're not against a little bit of getting something done if you wanna if you wanna change something about yourself. But I don't know. There's something about the way she is like constantly pushing her two agendas, her own sexiness and her own political prowess and the fact that she's like in it. She's also an empowering figure. And that I'm just going to call bullshit on it. I'm going to say I think it's also it's not just that she's like posting like beautiful pictures of herself like they are straight up softcore porn. Like if not pornographic photos. So I think that's where like like because Kim posts like sexy photos like Everybody under the sun is posting sexy photos of themselves. M. Rada's photos are pornographic. And, like, I think it's that is what it's grading for women. We are all here to work the angles. I love to work the, work an angle. But, like, there is something about M. Rada literally bearing it all and in every single type of way that makes it feel like that is just, like, not real that, at all. And there's not a degree of her, I don't know, like, working the angle or just posting, like, a good photo of herself. It's just literally her entire body, like, in its perfection pornographic yeah. perfection and honestly if she had a body that had it was in any way distinctive mm-hmm. in so much that it was had some sort of quality that was not necessarily like capital p perfect for like you know donald trump and his friends then i would find this whole thing way less offensive but it's almost like there is this pushing of perfection and that image in like an extremely sexual way and then at the same time insisting on her own intellectual brilliance and her own political power and i just think that you can't be virtuous and be pushing the kind of harmful content you are so regularly like either own the fact that you're oh go ahead i just don't think she's would ever see it as harmful i think there is a literally there is like she's just not honest with herself right right right, totally but and and i don't know i think what's the, the the darkest part about it for me is that like is that her body is like perfect to a man like it's literally engineered for like a yeah. st- a straight man, and I think for me, like Kim Kardashian made me feel very confident about having a a booty. Like I did not mm-hmm. like having hips or a butt. Like I've always had a butt and like wide hips, and I was very self conscious about that. Like literally, and I still like can be, but like Kim Kardashian made me feel confident about those traits that were not like honestly like that some that weren't always like really desired by men. Especially, or just in the world that praises skinny above all else. And Kim Kardashian made me like that. And there's no trailblazing like that happening from Emirata. I don't think that in any way, like that that curviness wasn't desired by men. I would say that the mainstream focus of beauty was on thinness. Exactly. Yeah, right. And yeah, Kim ushered in a new era of body acceptance in a real true way. I mean, Kim, J-Lo, like totally. Yeah. But Emrata, I feel like she just sets women back. And like, and I also want to say, I don't, I want to resist this narrative that posting a lot of like very sexual photos of yourself is empowering because I think personally that like that is only going to last so long where Mm -hmm. that's, where really that's going to be like 
a good look for you. And then it's like, what do you have to fall back on? Right. Well, it's depraved. Like Like, it's all looks. It's all looks. Honestly, yeah, there's no power in just resting on your looks. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not empowering. Yeah, that's, that's disempowering because that's a light that's flickering and fading. Well, and that's the narrative that you're perpetuating is that like your beauty is all that matters. Yeah. And like you look at, and I was funny, while I was doing a little bit of prep for this episode, I was like, yeah, I want to look at Gigi's feed and I look, look at Emirata's feed, right? Mm-hmm. Who I would both consider them both very much like Western ideals of beauty. Yeah. And Gigi's feed is like, has so many like sweet and good natured posts about and just like posts about the universe and just it has this wholesomeness to it. Like and I her don't ugly wanna, like, couch. Yeah. I don't want to push this narrative that women have to be wholesome and sweet. But I think as a person in general. It's, it's just so, a person thing. Yeah. Like you, I think that you should aim to try to be more varied in your virtues and not just rest on your body. I mean, and then like this like BS wokeness. Right. That, so. That's literally, I think you hit it on the head when you said resting on your looks is not powerful. No, it's like the opposite of of being empowered. You're disempowered. You lose your power. If that's, if how other people perceive you through their eyes is the only thing, is your main source of pride. And I just want to say, as far as her pregnancy goes, I think that's just going to be more of the same. Like it's going to be an unattainable pregnant body. And then it's going to be abs at three weeks post-pregnancy that we're, that she's going to be like flaunting. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not like she's about to enter this new stage, in my opinion, that my, this is my prediction. Oh, of it's being like, gonna... of like being a little bit less self-indulgent. Yeah. yeah or, no. of, or of not being perfect. Like it's going to yeah. be like, oh, this is, I'm eight months pregnant and I have twig legs and twig arms. And yeah. then it's going to be like oh, I'm three weeks, my baby's three weeks old and I'm in a bikini in Ibiza. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that, that is what I predict. Yeah. I feel like supermodels just can't help themselves. Like even Gigi Hadid is posting her post body and it's pretty insane. Yeah, it's insane. But there, I guess it just doesn't come with this dose of like, I am the source of female empowerment. Right. Like Emirates does, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally, just, totally. So, and like, yeah, and that's like, there's a million, not a million, but there's lots of very sexy girls on Instagram but they, they don't come with this also this other agenda. Right. So, yeah. Whatever. Oh, we digress. But I'm, I'm glad I purged myself of that. Well, after that healthy, healthy purging, <laughs> do you yes. feel refreshed? Are you renewed? It was a verbal ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I do. I feel like I have expelled my demons about Emirata on this <laughs> podcast. Let's hope. I feel like we should open up a spa or some sort of retreat-like entity where people can just literally SHIT talk, like, for hours on end with no judgment, just, mm-hmm, yes, everything you're saying is right. And then they can leave and go about their business and return to the world, you know, refreshed and renewed. Like a toxic positivity spa where instead – where right. you realize that we're, we become too positive and too kind as a society and you feel completely strangled mm-hmm. by this new compassionate landscape. By all, by all the good vibes. Yeah. And so it's just a place you can go and just throw down some realness mm-hmm. and talk some trash. Right. Yeah. No judgment. I, I think this is a brilliant idea. Like uh, William Sonoma – or no, wait. What's Burke Williams? <laughs> Burke <Call> Williams. <laughs> Yeah, that, I think that as a community is what we're really offering as pop apologists is a group of people who can cut through the BS mm-hmm. and just tell it like it is. Truly, nothing makes me happier than realizing that other people in our DMs have the exact same dark thoughts that we I have. I know. I know. Like, it's so validating. It's, it's amazing. It's a sisterhood. It's a, it's sisterhood. a sisterhood. 
it's a sisterhood. <laughs> that was a lot. So speaking of our listeners being like-minded individuals, they have confessed their tales of dating people who were more outdoorsy than them and the woes that that brings. So this story we're going to tell comes from my dear friend who I used to work with in LA, Natasha. Shout out. She's had a beautiful little girl. And I think we should read her story because I think the people need to hear this truth. I think her truth needs to be told. And she can stop future women from experiencing this pain in the future. I would love to. First of all, her story is insane. But before you read it, I also would like to say that it's just so funny when I'm DMing someone on Instagram and replying to them and going back and forth. And then you go in and you were like, oh, that's like a good friend of mine. I always oh, yeah. feel like that's like a funny dynamic because I'm like responding just in like a f- normal like a fun, way, a fun normal way. But there's no sense of like familiarity and like right. OMG, Natasha, girl, we're such <laughs> no, good friends. Natasha's like one so of my crazy. closest friends, and like I'll, I'll I'll like see that you had a full conversation with her. <laughs> and I like look back and I'm like, I hope Lauren was like warm. I, I, I don't know. I'm like, I, well, I'm always. Like, I know you're warm, but like I definitely like I feel like I text with like a certain like cadence and everything, and so I wonder if they're ever like is Chandler being different or like weird or or like why like, isn't she acknowledging that <laughs> I, like why is she saying thanks for listening? That literally happened. Let us know your thoughts to one of my closest. Friends. <laughs> I was like, hey, by the way, that was my sister. She doesn't realize you're like <laughs> you're like one of my best friends. I, like text you all the time. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. Would love it. Thank you for listening to. Her most recent episode <laughs> oh it's so uh, funny yeah and then I always go in and I'm like hey that was Lauren <laughs> exactly exactly yeah but anyways it's all good we love it we're here for it and this is great you get to meet my friends I get to meet your friends totally okay Absolutely. so this is her story and I think we should figuratively light a candle I'll close her eyes and imagine she says um, she writes I was nighttime friends with this guy he was much older than me, only owned bootcut jeans, and was divorced. There were many red flags. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But he finally asked me out on a proper date slash outing. He was a big mountain biker. So we got a house an hour outside of SF and went on an easy trail. He was in full-blown gloves, pads, shoes, everything. I was in a puffy vest and Converse. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You're like, I got to look cute for my date. Like, of course, I'm not going to wear gloves, pads, and shoes, idiot. Well, um, you don't have those materials. Right. You don't have, yeah. And you wouldn't wear them because you wouldn't look cute, even if you had them. Exactly. So she says, it was way more exhausting than I imagined. And I was so angry that I started to hate cycling in between holding my breath, thinking I was going to fly off the mountainside. <laughs> long story short, he asked if I wanted to go the long way, ride next to a highway or take a short a shortcut on back, around back. I said shortcut, obviously. He was quite a ways in front of me, and I watched him turn, not knowing he literally stopped because it was literally a 45-degree drop. I flew past him and lost control. I laid there wanting to die and holding back tears, and we walked back to the house. I narrowly missed a tree. Ugh. Anyways, he dropped me off at the ER the next day. We ended up dating off and on for three years. I don't wish death upon anyone except maybe him. I hate this person. I hate this man. I do wish death upon him, Natasha, on your behalf. Like, he's a criminal. Her her final words are, may he spend eternity in hell. (laughs) 
I, I honestly no words ring truer to me it is such a male thing to do to take a girl on some adventure and not adequately prepare her for the the vigor expected the rigor mm-hmm. that that adventure will entail and then also to keep her abreast of sudden and upcoming dangers right cliffs at the very Cl- least it's like the lizard brains though like they, they can't Let's also just not miss the fact, people, that she broke her collarbone. Broke her, like, your collarbone yeah. is one of the most, int- like, it's a very strong bone. That would be That's so like, painful. That recovery is, like, at, at least six weeks because of one stupid effing date. And you know what? I just know that I would have been in agony in that exact moment and thought, I just broke something in my body for a man who wears boot cut jeans Mm -hmm. boot cut jeans yep and is renting a place and we're renting a place in san francisco it's not like we're staying at you know the saint regis having like a luxurious time and this is just a quick detour it's like no we got to be near nature Ugh, Mm -hmm. one of the worst phrases just like return back to like a mediocre airbnb after breaking your collarbone (laughs) And, okay, my favorite part of the story is what she says next. Did you read the next part? Uh, Yes. Wait, yes? She also said, Chandler, I don't know if you missed this, but she also said that she she went on to date him for on and off for three years after that. Oh, yeah. No, she said that. This is is what happens. This is why we, as women, are our own worst enemies. Mm -hmm. Somehow, we still proceed to gratify and want the attention of the Keith Ranieri's of the world. And yes, I would put this man in that category. <laughs> Lauren, how long, how much longer did you date Ben after the, uh, you know, the domestic violence incident of you guys going climbing? Oh, a solid four to five months. Well, and you think, oh, like I'll get used to it or maybe he'll change. Maybe he just feels all this pressure to like plan dates because we're newly dating. Well, okay, so actually, I had a revelation with my other like, very woodsy, outdoorsy ex-boyfriend. Okay. Which was that we both acknowledged, like, eventually in the relationship that, like, even though he was the very outdoorsy person, and I feel like outdoorsy people just get this, like, this automatic virtue assigned to them that mm-hmm. they're, like, pure. Totally. And totally. they have, like, good values and that they, like, they care about what's right in the world anyway absolutely we, wrong we, we both realized that, like he was actually the one who was the selfish one in the relationship who always wanted to do what he wanted to exactly. do and i had to conform my life to him it's like and, but we did it because we thought he's right this is right. what's important in life it's like hiking and camping and like being outside and appreciating mother earth whereas if we if like finally i it just dawned on me that actually this is selfish. Like, no, he's actually very selfish. He doesn't want, he won't do anything I want to do. It's hobbies elitism. It's hobby elitism, 1000%. It's like, 100%. oh, my, my hobby is being outside, breathing fresh air. Like, you want to be indoors, breathing air conditioned <laughs> air? What? Do you not want to have a meaningful life? You want to be seated watching a show? <laughs> Clearly oh my gosh. not. You'll never see a Serengeti as long as you live. <laughs> exactly like unless your idea of a good time is watching the sunrise in frigid temperatures in moab then you are somehow like a person with basic and carnal instincts and desires okay well moving on to a story i've been meaning to tell you that i was saving for the pod 
I was on a work call the other day, mm-hmm. and I use a portal, which is like a little machine thingy that just does like video calls, and it's really nice. But it basically shows like a lot of my room, like the camera's really wide, so you can see like a, a decent amount of my background. Okay. And I'm on a call with one of my creative directors and it's just the two of us. And she says, I've been meaning to ask you, what is that picture that's far behind you? And we've been on thousands of calls or hundreds, whatever. And she finally has asked me and I said, oh, it's a photo of Gwyneth Paltrow and ASAP Rocky at the Met Gala. And Frank Ocean took the picture. So it's like the intersection of all my interests, you know, probably sounding like really annoying. And she's like, oh, I thought it was a picture of you and your boyfriend. And Wow, what a compliment. I know, truly. Well, at, at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a compliment. And then I got all of a sudden all of this fear that perhaps <laughs> people at work think that I have a giant 18 by 24 photo of myself in a ball gown <laughs> looking directly at camera. <laughs> just in the back of all my calls and now I'm like I can't take it down or I can't change it because then it looks like weird like it's here to stay and people literally think I have an 18 by 24 poster like a huge poster of yourself because that picture barely has ASAP Rocky in it it's really just Gwyneth Paltrow I feel like it's mostly Gwyneth Paltrow it really is just like a big smiling photo of yourself (laughs) and it's truly poster size in a big gold frame The only gold frame I have. I think you now need an every meeting you're on in the next week. You just need to be like, you need to be like, yeah, so I'm super excited about this project. I love projects. You know, like Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know if you've seen this poster of her. She loves projects too. She's super oh important. Like cool. Thank you so much for setting up this meeting. I'm just such a meeting person. And I don't know if like you're familiar with Gwyneth Paltrow, but she has this whole philosophy on meetings. Like I, that's why I have her like right behind me here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that you're all working late, but I don't know if, if you guys saw on, Insta- on Instagram stories, but Gwyneth was working late last night too. Anyway, I just wanted to say that's why I have her poster, a poster of her right behind me. And I find it so inspiring. That's her right behind that's, me. That's Thanks. her. Yeah. So- might be a good save. I, yeah, that's gonna, that's add it to the agenda. Okay. 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 That is so funny. Well, can I tell you Chandler a few things that I have thought about and ruminated upon this week in my own life? Oh, I should be so lucky. Okay. Well, you couldn't sound more enthusiastic. I'm excited (laughs) to start. The first thing is actually about you. And they're all things I've learned on the San Clemente Beach Trail. About me. They're not all about you, but they're you've all been things that I learned. About me? On- That's honestly so sweet that you've been ruminating about me. Well, here's what happened. So I now walk the beach trail every morning. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I noticed that there were these signs today on the trail near the pier that said CMBG in an arrow. And I went on my phone. C-M-B-G. I wanted to figure out what CMBG is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So CMBG is actually Christian Men's Bible Group. Oh, lovely. And what I was thinking is that... It sounds like somewhere we can meet somebody Well, you're engaged. Exactly. That's... You need to crash Christian men's (laughs) Bible groups around San Francisco because you love Christian men and just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought this was Bible study. I didn't realize it was men's only. I won't come next time. And then it's just no competition. It's just you and a bunch of Christian men. Do I show up brandishing a Bible? I wouldn't. I, I would carry it, but I wouldn't brandish it. You sicko. 
Like some kind of like shiv in a prison. I don't know what, what why you have to Look, brandish just, just wanted the to good word a, of the Lord. I just wanted to use a nice verb, a, a powerful verb, something like, you know, conjured an image. <laughs> well, I really did. No, well, I would not a, brandish the Bible. That's a fantastic tip. I also think it would be a funny prank to put up signs that for CMBG around San Francisco and to put my friend's addresses on them. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. Although I think that these that people actually go, they already know about the meeting and then they go and it's CMBG is just like indicating where the meeting is taking place. So people could, new newcomers could figure it out. No, it's more like if you're going to a baby shower and the balloons alert you that this is where the baby shower is. Not, I don't think people are oh, watching just in the, the city and they're going to see a CMBG. They're like pathfinders. Go. It's like geocaching, yeah. but for Bible I, study groups. We're getting in the weeds here, but the point <laughs> is that you could crash a bunch of men's only Bible groups okay. and probably have a solid list of 10 hot leads Suitors. If, you oh, to, if you go to 100 meetings. Ugh, 100 and then, meetings? I could, that's a lot, but I think I could knock it out by like it's just January a 1. Game. You literally, it's just a numbers game. I think you probably have a good solid 10% conversion. And I think that, yeah, what's, I don't, what, what's there to lose? You're not doing anything. You have I a ton of like, time. Come, go home for Thanksgiving? I don't think I should. I don't think you have time. With I don't think I have time. I really don't. Like, there's just yeah. no way to make it happen. Exactly. <laughs> I also think that it's going to be difficult for you to somehow also reveal that you're not at all religious once you're dating a man from CMPG. I but we struggle can... with this with this problem. I think someone who's religious as a non-religious person. <laughs> we can tackle that. We can like, cross that bridge when we come to that's it. That's a thing. That's something to handle when you're five years into it. Let's just, let's just not talk about it. Let's just keep it fun. Let's keep it light. We can mm-hmm. talk about one of us believes in one thing. One of us believes in another like years down the road. Wait till you have a few kids. It's fine. Oh It'll work God. itself out in the wash. Yeah, honestly, Christian men make the most best husbands. And so I, I say that happily engaged to a fellow agnostic. <laughs> Truly. Fellow non-labeled person who doesn't think about it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Another thing, Chandler, that I was reminded of on the beach trail. I'm not sure if you remember this, but about, I would say, 10 years ago, barefoot running was all the rage. Do you remember this? I do remember this. Yeah, the toe shoes. The toe shoes. Ugh, they still haunt me. As a size 10, like, that was never going to be in the cards for me. Well, they're also, they're, so the first of all, they're hideous. Yeah. They're so ugly. But second of all, when people are running in them, they can't actually run in it with a normal gait. Because no. You have to retrain the way you run. Yeah. And you have to basically, you're more just like lightly prancing mm-hmm. because you can't actually just run right. and whatever, have impact with the ground in any sort of forceful way. So you're like this like lightly light prancer on your toes or whatever. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. It looks so dumb. But anyway, I'm on the beach trail the other day and I see this guy in the barefoot running shoes. Mm-hmm. And it just brought me back because when I was a senior in high school, I was a big runner of the trail. Mm-hmm. And I read a book called Born to Run by Christopher, I think, Mc. Google? Gorgeous. I'm not going to look it up. Stunning. Anyway, it was this big book about how humans are meant to run. We are born to run. This is what humans are meant to do. This is how we have trapped prey throughout time. We would not be able to have evolved as a species, survived if we had not learned to run long distances barefoot. And Using a big shoe with all this support and padding, <laughs> it's a perversion of the way humans were meant to strike the earth with their feet. Okay? <laughs> so anyway, I like anyway. got very fired up reading this. 
speaking of the Serengeti, I imagined myself running across Pran- plains. Prancing across it? You wouldn't be running, you'd be prancing. <laughs> prancing across landscapes in a way that would truly honor my history and my evolutionary history and my place in the ecosphere, whatever. So I promptly bought, paid $100 for a pair of these shoes. Of course. Of course. And I just had all of these like wild aspirations with the with this with the shoes. With these shoes. With the I just wild thought, like, aspirations. I, I I think I got a little carried away, but I just was like, wow, what if I actually become like an ultra marathoner in barefoot running shoes? What if this unlocks some potential in me that I have been held back in my Nike, like with in my right, Nikes? Right, with the cumbersome Nikes. Yeah, like what if I start running barefoot and suddenly I am able to traverse landscapes and distances previously unimaginable. I mean, and you would be traversing them. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So anyway, so I just remember my first barefoot run. I went running. It was like oh. 7 p.m. in winter, so it was dark. Oh. And I was just like, I'm going to run to the end of the pier in the, and back from North Beach because I wanted to just take it easy at the beginning. Yeah. Because you have to like train. Anyway, long story short, I just, this is what I imagined, Chandler. I just had wild visions. Like, San Clay Times might do a story on me. Like, young woman, like, wow. def- <laughs> young woman defies human convention, <laughs> like, throws off the shackles of expectation. The San Clay Times has far better things to write <laughs> about on literally any given day than that. <laughs> I know. I just really thought I was doing something like revolutionary and unheard of in my community, in my small beach community, <sighs> by putting on my $100 Vibram five finger running shoes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so how'd the run go? Okay, so I'm running and I am, you know, it's not nearly as comfortable or like incandescent as my usual runs at back in the day. Yeah. But I'm running and I'm under the stars. And I would say I did experience a kind of euphoria. I remember I was playing Carrie Underwood. It was Before a great moment. Just prancing along. Prancing. I think I was yeah, I think it was Roy Cheats. Anyway. Oh my gosh. No, it wasn't. It was actually Fireworks Katy Perry. That's the song I was listening to. That's 100 <laughs> percent a song I was listening to. Running the San Clemente Pier. The San Just- Clemente reporters like, Lauren, what song do you listen to when you're running? <laughs> <laughs> what song do you listen to to give you the courage to Break you these know, barriers? To eschew the toxic and pervasive marketing of athletic our society. apparel. <laughs> companies yeah what song do you listen to that allows you to spit in the face of monoliths like nike and adidas anyway okay so i just remember that the run went fine enough but the next day i had hurt my achilles so bad i couldn't run for three months and i could and i had to limp and walk on my but the balls of my feet I couldn't even walk normally for probably a solid three weeks like I never barefoot ran again and it was another disaster so like, where is that trend now and I was never featured in the San Clemente times what an injustice we have them all <laughs> exactly no I think the trend just went you know by the wayside when probably everyone got the same injury as me and right. realized that running barefoot was actually terrible it says like there's this whole I bet this is a pseudoscience as a non-scientist I think this is fake science but it says like you your body corrects itself like in minimalist footwear I just I think it's all pseudoscience I don't think it's true 
I, do, I think it's total BS because honestly, the I saw two people running barefoot and I've only seen them once. So there must not be regulars. And I haven't seen anyone else running barefoot and they looked dumb doing it. Yes. And it was not cute. Fans of barefoot running believe wearing shoes hinders their natural stride. What? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like the language that is used to describe barefoot running, it's like, finally, like we can throw off these shackles and we can just use the God-given shoes God fashioned for us out of his own design. My Christian man is going to want me to barefoot run. I can feel it's, it already. It's true. <laughs> Why do we need to buy these shoes when you can just use the ones God gave you? Okay. So good. It's going to be tough for you. You better think of an answer to that. Uh, I have no idea. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, we've clearly been driving home our gripe with being outdoorsy. And we just also would like to caveat by saying if you love nature and you're a pop apologist, we love you. We just would like to spend time with you indoors. Exactly. And honestly, we're going to try to find something new to complain about next week. So don't worry. Okay. True. All right. Well, Chan, love you. Love you. Thank you. Thank Talk you for to this. Talk next week. Talk okay, to bye. you in a couple hours. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey.